Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, February 14. Happy Valentine's Day, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, let's talk about things around the horn. The first thing from a larger picture perspective is we're right in the midst of options expiration week. I can't say it enough. Weird stuff happens. Hard to define which weird stuff until the weird stuff comes upon us. We'll have more of that as the video goes along. The next thing is it appears that we're in Russia week. The news cycle will be dominated by the pending attack on the Ukraine from Russia. It will go back and forth. They're going to invade. They're not going to invade. They're going to evade. They're not going to invade. That will cause the market to whip around in both directions. Remember, wide swings in both directions is to be expected when we're in these big corrective phases. That's what we still are in, which is a big corrective phase. Even if we have a hundred, 125 S&P point rally, we're still going to be in a corrective phase. Get used to it for a while. The idea is to trade the market in both directions. We'll get more on that later as well. We also have, jumping off the page, 435 down to 432. That was the zone we discussed in the weekend video. Okay, fair enough. What was today's low? It came up short. Today's low was 435.34, 34 cents short of the top end of that target slash support zone. Is that okay? Not really. I'm thinking they should have hit at minimum of 435. So where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us making the video. It leaves them hanging with some unfinished business, which would be down at 435 at a bare minimum. Food for thought. We don't know this will happen, but stuff like this can happen. Again, with an assist from the Russian news cycle, after all, this is Rush Week. You could see our classic turnaround Tuesday. Maybe we wake up to a gap down, they flush the market out, whip out the week longs, all of a sudden out of nowhere, a news headline pops, the market begins turning around, any way you look at it, we've seen that stuff before, and what do they do? They finish near the highs of the day. We've seen that before. Don't necessarily discount stuff like that. What about the south side? What about the line in the sand? Well, we know from the weekend video, the line in the sand is really going to be 432. Below opens the door for this breakup candle low down at 427.82. You start getting below that, you have to talk about the lows down here, which is 420.76. So if the market's down there, you've got something different going on than, shall we call it, bullish behavior. Let me put something else in your mind. We don't know this will happen like everything else. We never know what's going to happen overnight, day to day. Who knows whether the market's going to show up with a gap up tomorrow, a gap down tomorrow. It comes in every day with a new set of gladiators for us to fight. You don't know whether they've sent in the quiet gladiators, 
the volatile gladiators, the bear gladiators, the bull gladiators. We can handle the intraday stuff. Guessing what's going to happen overnight to the next day is not something that ever turns out to be a high probability effort. It can work sometimes. Sometimes it pays very, very well. Most of the time, it doesn't. So for example, when we show up tomorrow, if they're trading down into the zone, that's going to give us one set of instructions to work off of. Now let's take the flip side for a second. What happens if, and this is an if, what happens if either we wake up and they're gapping higher or at some point on turnaround Tuesday or maybe Wednesday, they start trading up into this big breakdown candle. They start to push into this moving average here, the 200. The 20-period moving average is sloping down. They start running some tests. Remember, this is a hypothetical. They start running some tests of those moving averages, and all of a sudden, somehow, someway, for some reason, unbeknownst to us, nor do we need to know, they get above the moving averages, what would they be doing? They would be running a test, or at least trying to run a test, of that big breakdown candle high. Where is it? Well, the high is all the way at 451. There's a big fat round number at 450. And guess what? It's over 100 S&P handles from where we are. Can that happen during this week? Yes, it can. Will it happen during this week? We don't know. But if they start turning bullish, the odds begin to increase that that's what will be happening this week. If they're bearish, again, down here we've got a different set of instructions. And guess what? Inside the numbers from an intraday perspective, those members will have the instructions early in the morning and throughout the trading day. Let's check out said inside the numbers. Happy Monday and Valentine's Day. They're hitting them again to start the week. Seatbelts on, trade tables in the upright position. Let's get to the numbers. In the weekend video, we discussed that zone. So that's what we're setting the table with right out of the gate. At zero dark 30, they already reached 435.24, a little bit lower than they were able to do in the regular session. And if there's going to be a rescue operation, 440 would be an interesting place that they would want to recapture at a bare minimum to get anyone's attention. It's options expiration week. Weird stuff happens, and we're going to see big swings in both directions. What did we see today? We saw some pretty good swings in both directions. By 8 o'clock, the flip around was underway. Here you go. It's already options expiration week, even before the market opens. Already, we've seen the Russia thing produce a rumor that's supposed to make everyone believe they're resolving the issue. Big swings in both directions will be attached to news cycle items. Garden variety options expiration behavior. Expect more. This is the pregame warm-up routine we're setting the table. So what we've also got as they began to open the market above 440, if the market's going to stay there, 441.25 is resistance. They missed it out of the gate, but should try later 441.25. Now let's get our faculties for a moment. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 441.25 is the top line, 440 is the bottom line. And you can see what happened. They're both important. There was other stuff, but this is what I want to focus on at present. You could see 441.25 was the resistance area they could not get through. 
We had another target because there was a long trade early in the morning where Jordan in the room, I believe he got 14 points on the first target. That's ES points. I believe he traded the micros, but either way, that's 14 S&P handles from first exit. Turned out to be only exit. He got half the position off up there in a roundabout way, but that's a lot of points. That's a nice trade, but you have to know where the resistance areas are, in order to know where the resistance areas are, you have to understand where the important numbers are. Why? Because the market's A, going to be magnetic going to those numbers, and B, it's generally not going to blow through those numbers, whether they're on the upside or the downside. Those are prime exit targets when we're in a trade. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. On the flip side, we had 438.94 as a line in the sand, and if they were below, it really opens the door for 437.25. I've adjusted the numbers. 438.94 is now the top line. The bottom line is 437.25. Those are the numbers that were mentioned a moment ago. Below one equals the other, only they came up short. Here, the low was 437.36. I was waiting with open arms to take that trade, that's the trade we wanted, the one that did this. Now they came back later, they went lower, it's not the same trade when they do that, that's the one we wanted, they missed it by a few pennies, I'm sure some traders jumped in front, it's called front running, you're not really moving the S&P 500 by yourself, but you're front running my number, that's fine, that's trader's choice. Do we think 438.94, as mentioned early today, ended up to even be important at the end of the day? And the answer is obviously, yes it was. Look what happened at the end of the day. That's where they essentially ate time off the clock, but yes, stayed above. It's important to know your numbers. I wanted to highlight a few things. From this point, what I urge you to do is pause the video. Read the notes, go back to the charts to double check the work. We're going to look at some other charts, including stocks on the move, when I get finished scrolling up the notes. But if you're interested, or if you're already trading in the S&P, or an equivalent vehicle during the trading day, then it pays to have this information at your fingertips. It's like having a tour guide of the market. It's not going to be 100% right or accurate all the time, but it's pretty darn accurate a lot of the time. And by the way, here's a service announcement for Inside the Number members. Friday, February 18th, there will be no Inside the Numbers. I have to be away from the screens. It's just the way it is. It happens sometimes. It had to happen one day, so by design, it's on a Friday. Inside the Numbers, we had a little laundry list today. We're going to take a look at a few charts, the ones that did not hit their entry objectives they're off the board. We call them no trades. PGR, we will take a look at. PRU, we'll take a look at. BNTX, we'll take a look at. The other ones are off the board. They're no trades. We also had one more that was put on the board for the live room members. We'll take a look at that one as well. The progressive group, A number one, 105.50. Unfortunately, it opened below the level, 105.36. Went back and forth, below, above finished above. That was obviously important. It just didn't give us the trade. That happens. It's the way it works sometimes. In the end, it was a no trade. Prue, similar routine. It bounced around in front of the first number off the board, 
Jordan didn't take this one in the room either. 115.18 was the second number, and it bounced around in front of that. You see what happens. This zone was important. They just didn't give us the trade in the manner in which we prefer. Okay, fair enough. We just move on. Similar routine with BioNTech. The first number was off the board. You could see it came close, bounced away. It did more than the deal in front of the first number, so that one is off the board. That's the way we do it. The second number, it came in. It gave the minimum required base hit, and then it went lower. After you take a profit, that's it. Break even is at worst case scenario. This way we lock in at minimum of the base hit, even if it's on a portion of the position, like you're still holding some, it's still a profit. We move on. The last one, this one was given out for Inside the Numbers Live members, Phillips 66. It did the same thing. It came close, bounced away, came into the number later, did the thing, but it didn't do it in the manner in which. Now, some traders did take this trade. It becomes trader's choice at that point. But for me, they didn't do it in the manner in which. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, they were down about a third of a percent today. Okay, so it's about on par with the SPY. They're not leading in one direction or the other. I bring that up because it is my favorite market-leading indicator and I want to know if it's indicating something. When it's not, it's not. This one seems to be just riding the 20-period moving average. It's not bearish, not bullish. It's in a pullback pattern from the recent high, and they are making a higher low, which in and of itself can be a bullish scenario. So if they stay with the higher low, then they can have another push higher into the 50-period moving average and beyond. What would be the prize if they traded into and through the 50-period moving average? 214 to 215 would be the prize. That would be the zone of resistance. We'll split the difference. 214 and a half, we'll leave it on the board as a just-in-caser. We just talked about my favorite market-leading indicator. That's the IWM. What about the folks down at the transportation department? They're my second favorite market-leading indicator in A number one, canary in the coal mine. So here's what we've got. You look at the daily chart, they're below all the moving averages. It's not bullish, it's bearish. If there's any salvation on this daily chart, it's the higher low. For now, you have a higher low. I think this chart will provide a good lesson if we look around the horn and go up and down the time frames. The weekly chart has a bear flag pattern underneath the 50 period moving average. That's bearish. You have a big tail candle on the monthly chart, that's bearish. This is a monthly chart. These things can take a long time to work themselves into a conclusion, and you can certainly go back and forth having nothing to do or affect in any way this tail candle. But from a monthly chart perspective, we want the bigger picture. So what's this really telling us? Well, here's the way I look at it. As a result of this tail candle, they should come down quite a bit. They don't have to do it all at once, but what's the minimum that we would expect them to test off that tail candle? Well, the first thing that jumps off the chart at me is the last breakup candle. The low is where? 13,981. So we're going to use that as a number. Why? Well, it coincides with just by happenstance, and there is no happenstance, no accidents, nor coincidences, but it coincides with the 20-period moving average. Again, monthly chart takes a long time. 
but it is what it is. All charts act and react the same way. The shorter ones move faster, the longer ones move slower. That's the way it works. Going in the other direction, anything on the 240-minute chart? Not really. It's bearish. They could be beginning to make another bearish pattern from a shorter-term perspective, like we saw on the weekly chart or similar on this 240 chart, but we don't know. Not enough time has passed yet to make that determination. Can they run up in to run a test of these moving averages? Sure, they can. You just need a little bit of a rally in the market, and a rising tide will lift all boats. 120 chart, something a little bit more clear that you can use as benchmark information. This is the way I look at it. You have a breakdown candle, and the high is 15,212.84. Okay, fair enough. What are they doing now? Well, maybe they're being rejected around the high of that candle, or maybe they're running sideways, and if they stay up in the upper portion near the high, then maybe they're building energy to run up into these moving averages. You don't know yet, but you've got to look at it from both angles. Remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. Hourly chart really telling us the same thing that the 120 chart just told us. They're starting to go sideways. Maybe that means they want to build some energy. But if they open up down tomorrow, that whole conversation goes out the window. If they open up flat, it's still going on. If they open up, they'll be trying to push into the high of this breakdown candle and these moving averages. All depends on how you look at a chart and from what time frame you're looking at it. If I'm looking at a monthly chart, I see one thing. If I'm looking at an hourly chart, if I'm looking at any of the intraday charts, I may see something entirely different. A swing trade on a monthly chart or a position trade, I should say, on a monthly chart is nowhere near the same as a swing trade from an hourly chart or a daily chart or even a weekly chart. You could have a bullish weekly chart and still a bearish monthly chart You could have trades that go in both directions. That's what you really have to do in these bear phases, corrective phases. The market's going to go up. The market's going to go down. You don't have to catch every move. You just want to catch some of them. You want the ones that you're able to trade. Go back to the gladiator conversation from before. You step into the ring every day with a whole group of gladiators. You don't have to fight them all. Why don't you pick out in the gladiator that you think you can beat? That's the chart that looks the best. You don't have to trade the thing that's moving the most. You have to trade the thing that you think you have the numbers on, that you have the probabilities on, that you have the chart pattern on, that you have the targets on, that you have the reason for the trade on. Do you have a full stack? That's the gladiator that you can beat. The chart with a full stack is the gladiator that you can pick on. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, annexed over in Austin, Texas? Anything good here? No, nothing good going on with the Qs. Not when you look at the daily chart. Not until you start thinking about the things I said before. Think about the SPY chart. Think about the big breakdown candle. Now look at the Qs chart. What do we got going on? The big breakdown candle, the Qs are already already starting. They're not really getting anywhere yet, but they're beginning to try and climb up. They at least closed above the low. That's something. That's a start. You've got to hang your hat somewhere. 
Open up with a gap down in the morning, all bets are off. Open up tomorrow or begin to trade up. We start thinking in terms of this big breakdown candle. There's stuff from an intraday perspective in between. Inside the numbers will have that stuff on an as-needed basis. What about the financials? What's the takeaway here? Well, there's a couple of things. Let's look at the chart as the umpire calling balls and strikes. Bear case. You have a high, you have a lower high. Bull case. You trade it into these moving averages and it held. It's a convergence of moving averages. What's the likely scenario? Trade right through them to the next or somewhere else or bounce back up to try and challenge the high one more time. Well, it's not a one-day event, but that's the decision point. You get below the moving averages, the bear case is activated, you stay above them, and this is again, and here's the weekly chart, we would then revert to the trend is your friend as the dominant thing. Weekly chart, breakdown candle, high is what? 40.60. That's your weekly benchmark. Can you close above it? They haven't yet. They ran a test. They tried. They failed. Stay above all the moving averages, specifically including this 20-period moving average on weekly closes, and they will get above and close above that number. The longer they're above, the more likely they are to go higher. That's garden variety market behavior. Smash Mouth, same routine as all the other charts, either going to have the bear conversation or they're going to start climbing up this big breakdown candle. They've got moving averages to contend with. You can see here today they ran a cursory test of the 200-period moving average and was summarily rejected. Weekly chart, bear flag in the making. It's a little bit sloppy. They've gone up and down. It's not really a true bear flag, but it doesn't matter what you call it. It's not a bull anything. If they can't get above and stay above even the 50-week moving average, what's the next likely thing that happens? They come down to retest this pivot low here, 249 and change. They break below it. They run some tests of other pivots, the 100-period moving average, yada, yada, yada. That would be the rough schematic. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are in no way possible whatsoever? That is 100% true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.